You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Ed Valentine of Big Blue View here, and we are looking at your New York Giants during the bye week here, week 10 of the NFL season, here to uh, to help me break down the Giants, look at the uh, the midway point of the of the NFL season for the Giants is uh, Patricia Trena of Giants Country and Locked On Giants, our, our good friend. Patty, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ed. I'm glad we're finally at the bye week and uh, looking forward to a little time off. So uh, everything's good. A little time off, a little rest, still a lot of work to do. Second half of the season to look forward to. And, and, and here's here. I still haven't figured this out, Patty. What actually is the midpoint of a 17-game season? Well, technically, it's 18 weeks, if you think about it, because you throw in the bye week. So week nine would technically be the halfway point, I would think. So we are at the halfway point. Well, there, there you go. There you go. I had, I had really I had forgotten about that. I was trying to figure out, you know, what, what technically is the middle? Is it is it halftime of, of the ninth game or what? <laughs> or, or it's halfway through the ninth week or something. I don't know. But no, that's how I look at it. 18 weeks total. You got the bye week on top of it. So nine weeks in. There you go. All right. So this is this is our Friday show here on the Valentine's Views podcast. So let's let's go a little old school here patty and let's do let's do this in uh, in friday five format i'm gonna throw five questions or five names at you uh, along the way here just just to get your take on on each uh, each of these questions each of these players so let's uh so so let's get started all right let's do it all right the uh the first guy that I'm going to ask you about is is head coach Joe Judge. Now, Giants fans who listen to this show, who read Big Blue View, they know that that I've been I've been on Joe's case a good bit this year about about fourth downs, about in-game management, um about whether or not the Giants were truly prepared you know, and game ready when the season started. They also know that that I still think that Joe potentially is a very good NFL head coach. Just uh, so let's start there, Patty. Your honest assessment of Joe Judge's season so far 
and his his work in a year and a half as as Giants head coach? Well, I'll start with the second uh, my assessment of the second season, and I can sum it up in two words: sophomore slump. All right, he had a a fairly impressive rookie season. Um, seemed to know what he wanted, how to get it done. Seemed to have a plan. Got the results. As you mentioned, he got into year two. You know, now it's time to show growth. It's time to show forward progress, but he's hit a few rough spots. And you mentioned a few of them. You mentioned, you know, the in-game management, which has been a problem. You mentioned, you know, back at the start of the season, how he prepared them through training camp. That was a big problem. So there were mistakes made. That said, I don't think that this team has quit on him, which is good because, you know, look, week after week, if you're an athlete and the results that you're busting your butt for aren't coming, who could blame you if you start to mail it in? I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't blame anybody. I mean, it wouldn't be a good look, obviously, because if you're a competitor, you want to go through the, the rigors of preparing and putting your body on the line and so on and so forth. But you could see where guys, you know, maybe would say, look, I'm banging my head against the wall. Nothing. We're not winning. You know, why am I bothering? So that hasn't happened yet. And that's a positive. Joe is also very determined, I think, to turn that around. And to his credit, he hasn't thrown anybody under the bus. So I feel good about him still as a head coach. I do think, you know, as he continues to learn from these mistakes, and, you know, there were a few this year, like we said, that that were really, you know, difference makers. I think he'll get better and better. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll get to the point now where, where any of these talks where odds come up about him being on the hot seat, we don't have to deal with those. In terms of, of Joe, before we move on to, uh, to, to another name, Patty, I just think that uh, Joe talked this week about self-scout. And for me, one of the things that I really hope that Joe is capable of doing is being honest with himself. I think that he can be maybe that, but I think that for Joe to become the kind of head coach that I think he's capable of becoming, I think that he needs to be honest with himself about some of his philosophies and and some of the things that have gone wrong this year. I just, I really hope that he can do that. I think he can, Ed. I think he's very, um, at the end of the day, I know sometimes maybe it doesn't come across, but I think he's a very humble guy. I think he's very receptive to feedback. You know, um, during the, during uh, Wednesday's practice, we had a chance to, to talk with him kind of off the, off the record. So I won't go into all the details, but I walked away with an impression of a guy that really doesn't think he has all the answers that he wants to learn. He wants to take into consideration feedback from his staff, from people in the organization who have done this uh, a long time. So that to me gives me hope that he's going to, to be okay. Because when you get a guy who's stubborn, who only knows one way, who doesn't want to hear any other way to do something, that would be more of a red flag for me. And I don't think Joe is that type of guy. All right, Patty, let's let's hope that that turns out to be the case because the, the Giants have have had to uh, to replace head coaches after two seasons with the last two hires that they've made. And you just can't win that way. You can't go forward that way. You, you, you just can't get ahead that way. And 
and I think Joe's going to get more time. Let's let's hope that that he makes good use of it. Anyway, let's move on to the uh, to the next person on our list of of five here that we're going to talk about. And by extension, after talking about, you know, about Joe Judge, I think we need to talk about Dave Gettleman. I think Giants fans are a lot of them are at wit's end with Gettleman. They're at wit's end with all of this losing. They want to pin it all on Dave Gettleman. They want to blame everything on Gettleman, at least those who aren't trying to somehow or another blame it on Chris Mara for some reason, which which I really and truly don't understand. But when it, when it comes to, to Gettleman, Patty, um, your thoughts on his time as Giants GM, and your thoughts on the various scenarios that that could unfold at the end of this season in terms of of whether he stays goes gets replaced all of uh you know whether he gets fired whether he retires all of that just your thoughts on, on how it might unfold at the end of the year yeah i mean overall i mean dave has done a few good things and he's done a few things that make you sit there and go uh, okay, you know, you sit there and you wonder. Um, at the time of when some of these things were done, they made sense. And I'm referring to specifically in 2018, what the plan was, I think, at the time was, let's see if we can get another year or two out of Eli Manning. And as such, let's get him a running game so he doesn't have to throw 600 times a year. You know, he can get around, you know, he doesn't need a, a, a superstar offensive line in front of him. I think that's what they were trying to do back then. And as we know, that really didn't work out. Um, so now because of that, because that was in the moment and it wasn't looking down the line, the next year they bring in Daniel Jones to be Manning's successor. And guess what? Daniel Jones doesn't have a solid offensive line in front of him. He doesn't really have solid weapons. They didn't set things up for the new quarterback. To tr- they didn't set up a transition, which to me never made sense. I never understood why they were so infatuated with the short term and not with the long term, especially knowing that Eli was coming to the end of his contract. So that that to me, I think, set the organization back a couple of years. Now, you look at what the Giants had to do in the offseason this year, and they had to basically go through free agency. They had to spend through the nose. And we saw in 2014 that didn't work. It didn't really work in 2016. I mean, yes, you had the the, the 11 and five season, but that was like a more of an exception than the rule. And then you had salary cap issues after both of those times. And you're going to have salary cap issues after this year. So you combine all that with the record. And listen, I like Dave. I've made no secret of the fact that I like Dave. But the job that has, the the way things have have worked out and the job that's being done, I don't know that you can justify bringing him back another year. Now, if they turn around and win and get to the playoffs, I still think at that point you say to yourself, okay, you know what, Dave, you found the organization and and, in a better, or you put the organization in a better place than when you found it. Thank you. We're moving on. And, you know, unless they win the Super Bowl, which I don't think will be the case. (laughs) So I think, you know, you want to progress forward. You've got this young head coach who has some modern type of ideas, working with an old school GM, 
they work well together, but I think at some point you want to maybe get everybody on the same, same wavelength, I think. And I could see, I put it this way. I would be surprised if Dave is back next year, one way or another. You and me both, Patty. I do think that, uh, that the giants would like it if they can at least say publicly at the end of the year that Dave is retiring and doing that on his own, whether that's, whether that's retiring with a shove or, or retiring, you know, with, with a, with a boot in the backside, (laughs) Uh, I do think they would like to be able to say that Dave is retiring, which is something he's talked about himself some in the last couple of years, but uh, we'll see, but I'm with you. I can't, I think it's unlikely that, that Dave is back next season. All right. You mentioned the next guy on the list, Patty, and that is the, the quarterback who Dave Gettleman selected as the heir to Eli Manning. And that's Daniel Jones. And I think that, that Daniel Jones, it's not necessarily that he is an enigma. I think that we can see, you know, by and large, what Daniel Jones is. The hard part with Daniel Jones, I think, is assessing what he could be, because as you hinted right from the jump when he was drafted in 2019, Daniel Jones has never been placed in an ideal situation. He's never had ideal personnel he's never had a fully functional offense around him and I know the Giants tried this year but injuries have just made it so that that's just not happening for the Giants so your assessment of of Jones season thus far and your expectations for him you know going forward over the next couple seasons with the fifth year option and all of that coming up Yeah, I think Mark Schofield, who writes for you, said it best. The quarterback's progress is never linear. And certainly with Daniel Jones, we have seen him go up and down. Um, At times, he's looked like the real deal. At times, you sit there and you go, Daniel, man, what are you doing? And from the outside looking in, um, it's kind of hard to, to say, oh, it's because of the injuries, or it's because of this, or it's because of Jason Garrett, or whatever. But you know, I think there's been some improvement and some progress with Daniel Jones. I think he's making faster reads. He's still not, you know, he still struggles, I think, to make second and third reads when his first read is covered. Um, up until recently, the ball security issue was a little bit better. Um, you haven't really seen any stupid throws that have resulted in interceptions. So that's been a, a positive, um, which shows that he's making good decisions. And of course, you know that you have the toughness element and the fact that he's able to use his legs to extend plays and get himself out out of trouble. That said, I think the Giants are at a point with Daniel Jones that they've got to stick with him. All right. Not just because he's got another year left on his rookie deal. He's, He's in year three now. So he's got year four coming up. But next year's draft class, I don't know that you have a quarterback that is you know, a must have in the top 15, you know, you've got a lot of question marks, I think right now. So I think in the interest of where the, this team has other needs, you maybe stick with Jones, obviously next year, um, you pick up his fifth year option because ideally you continue to fix that offensive line, whether it's Gettleman or somebody else, get that line fixed. 
um, and hope that you get these, you know, these playmakers back and healthy and able to contribute. And I, and by the way, I, I think, you know, um, with the receiver core, you know, Kenny Galladay is here for a couple of years. I'm not so sure Sterling Shepard's going to be back next year. And I still have questions as to whether or not Darius Slayton will be back next year. I think, you know, the two receivers, you'll see Tony, you'll see Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay. And I'm not so sure, you know, what's going to happen after that, but I would not be surprised if uh, they do a shakeup at receiver too. Right, Patty, it's interesting that you mentioned Sterling Shepard. I wasn't really going to uh, going to get into Shep, but you know, I, I, I like Shep a lot, but you might be right that it, it comes to a point with Shep where as good as he is, and he leads the Giants in receptions at this point in the season, despite the fact that he's only played five games. And he's had three separate injuries and at, at some point, as much as we like the guy, as much as I'm sure the giants like the guy, um, it, it becomes difficult to go forward with a guy when year after year, you know, he, he shows you that he's not going to consistently get to the starting line. Yeah. You know, I love Sterling. I think, you know, he's, he's underrated. He's a good leader. He's, he's still a good player. But what do we always say about these players? We say the best ability is availability. And this is now, what, three years in a row that he's had injury issues? And um, I'm trying to get his, his uh, cap number here. Um, but I think next year he has a high cap number. And we talk about the, um, we talk about the, the salary cap issues that the Giants are going to have next year. And they are going to have a lot of st- uh, of uh, um, cap issues last next year to where they're going to have to maybe get guys and cut them. So just give me a second here. I'll pull up his number here. So Sterling Shepard contract. I know it's a high number and I know. I, I think it's seeing... 12.495 Patty, I well, think I'll is t- what it is. I'll tell you in a second. It's actually for 20. No. Um, yeah. 12.495. All right. So that's a big number to carry for somebody who a hasn't played a full season for the last three years. And B you also have Kadarius Tony, who's ultimately your future at the slot. So you do one of two things there. You, you ask Shepard to take a pay cut, which is certainly a possibility, or you just flat out cut him. And if you cut him, I believe the savings comes out to 8.5 with a 7.9 did money hit. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, just in looking at the cap, doing some preliminary cap work, Giants are going to have some tough decisions with regards to some of these cuts and whether to designate these guys as, as post-June 1st transactions or just eat the cost up front. But uh, they're going to have a pretty hefty amount of dead money, I reckon, next year. Yeah, they will. And that's and I think they knew that. And I think that's a, a big part of the issue that they they knew they were causing themselves when they went heavy in free agency this past off season. And uh, I think we're probably going to see some big name players like Shep and maybe a couple of other guys, uh, you know, be, uh, be, be moved on at, at the end of this season. Patty, I want to talk about uh, another guy on our list 
of uh, of playmakers here on our on our list of of five players that that I wanted to talk about. We have to talk about Saquon Barkley. This is another a second straight lost season for Barkley. Really, no matter what happens the rest of the way, it's a it's really another lost year for Barkley. Third straight year that he's had an injury. Um, what do you see at this point for for Saquon Barkley? I mean, as just as far as his as his long term future. Well, he's already had his option year picked up for next year, and it's actually going to be lower than what it is this year. I think it's seven million next year versus ten million this year. So that was a no brainer. I think you give him next year, and you say, look, we need to see the Saquon Barkley of two thousand eighteen. And if we don't see that, and I, and look, I get it. Injuries are nobody's fault, but they are, you know, they do factor into the decision. And if we don't see the 2018 version of Saquon Barkley, then I think, I I just don't see how you can give this guy a blockbuster deal to keep him a giant for life. I think it would be cap suicide to do that. You know, you also have to look, and I haven't gotten this far in my study yet, but you have to look at other decisions you have coming up. You know, Dexter Lawrence is going to be coming up. You're going to have Daniel Jones at some point coming up. And I don't know what the cap projections are down that far down the line. I haven't worked them out, but you can't have two or three guys eating up the bulk of your cap, which is what the giants have by the way, next year. So I would not at this point say give Saquon an extension after this year. Um, I would wait until next year to see where he's at and what he gives you. And then I would make a decision. And here's the other thing, you know, not for nothing, but when Barkley has been out of the lineup now, I don't want to want people to think that I'm, I'm saying that Devonta Booker or Wayne Gallman have the same skill set. They don't, but the run game as a whole has functioned without him at, in the lineup at times. All right. So that would also give me pause as to whether or not I would, I would invest a big term contract on him. I've said this before, Patty, and, and I think that this is one of the reasons why people look at running back and say that it's not you know, what people would consider a, a premium position in the NFL. You can function in the run game without a superstar running back. You need a good running back or running backs preferably running backs and to be honest with you the Giants are kind of showing that the last couple of weeks with with Eli Penny you know giving a little bit of uh of support in the run game as well and and Booker playing better than I thought he would um you know I was down on Booker but when the when the Giants signed him but the more he plays the more that you see and the more that you realize that he is a good player but you can function in the run game with a good running back who gets north and south, who can find a hole and good run blocking. And the Giants have actually had that the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, so it it does. It becomes a question with with Barkley of who do you want to build your team around? How do you, you know, where do you want to spend your money? Because even when the cap goes up, like you said, it's, it's not limitless. And and you have to make decisions. And, and as much as I like Saquon, I think that that he has a lot to prove. Hopefully he gets healthy the second half of this season and starts to prove that. 
but but he needs to give the Giants a fully healthy big time season in 2022 in order to get that in my eyes to get that second contract I think there's no way around it yeah you're absolutely right and I'm looking at the projected cap spaces so 2022 the projected cap space is 208.2 million 2023 they're projecting 225 million 2024 256 million so again, you know, within there, you're going to have ultimately Daniel Jones at some point, you're going to have Andrew Thomas at some point, you're going to have some big guys that you have to address and you're going to, you know, you get, you, you can't spend on everybody. It's just, no. it's just the way the cap is set up. It's unfortunate, but you can't have everybody and you're going to have to make some hard decisions and you're going to have to look at age. You're going to have to look at injury history. You're going to have to look at production and you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So let's, uh, so let's talk about the, the final guy that I wanted to talk about as we, as we roll through our, our Friday Five here on the Giants bye week. And I want to talk a little bit, Patty, about the uh, about the Dosecki's guy on the Giants roster, about the the most interesting man on the New York Giants roster. And for me, that is rookie wide receiver Kadarius Tony. From the first time we saw him in rookie minicamp, losing a cleat and running pass routes with one shoe on Tony has been not necessarily always the story, but he's always been part of the story. There's always been something to talk about with Kadarius Tony, whether it's his cleats, his hamstring, his thumb, his Twitter account, his, his ability to break ankles, you know, when he's healthy and, and, you know, and, and make guys miss, Um, There's always something to talk about with this guy. Just your thoughts on, on the first half of Kadarius Tony's rookie year. Um, Encouraging, but incomplete, because as you said, there were some injury issues. There were some issues with not getting him the ball. So I think what we have seen has been encouraging, Um, but have we seen enough? No, I don't think we have seen enough, but what we have seen makes you wanting more, you know, it's like, you know, the, speaking of those, you know, I had one, I want more now. So <laughs> and, and I want to see more of Kadarius Tony. I really do. I think this is a kid 
who can be dynamic for them. He could do a number of things for them. Um, what they have to be careful of is that they don't pigeonhole him to where teams are now, you know, opponents are, are looking for certain things. You know, they got to spice it up a little bit, keep it different, you know, increase the heat one week, lower the heat another, you know, but still keep them in the mix. So as a player, I love what this kid brings to the table. Um, I just hope he, he can stay healthy. I'm not sure how he got the ankle injury, but um, you could tell last week when he was running his routes, wasn't quite healthy. And Joe Judge actually, I think, alluded to that. He hinted at that. So I want to see more from this kid. And, I, and I'm excited by what he brings. You know, I don't want to compare him to Odell because it's not fair, but he kind of generates the same type of excitement, I think, when he is on the field and when the ball is in his hands. He does. And when it comes to the, to the Beckham comparison, at least the Beckham of early in his career. Um, so you're, and, and I'm with you. I want to see more. I think, I think a lot of what we haven't seen yet has been health related. I think he missed so much time in, in training camp in the preseason and, and all of that, that he wasn't heavily involved in the beginning. And then when he did get healthy, started to show us some things and, and then he's been limited again the last few weeks. The other thing that Kadarius Tony has shown us is that he is still a 22-year-old kid. He is still a kid who is growing up, learning his way in the world, learning what, learning what to say, how to say it, how to navigate the fact that the, that the spotlight is always on him. And we know what happened with him a week or so ago. He's had a couple of, of, of social media. I don't even know if I want to call them missteps, maybe things that, that he, that he maybe said in a way that weren't taken the way that he meant them. Um, because I certainly don't think in, in, in reference to the rugs tweet that he put out a week or so ago, I don't think he meant any disrespect to anyone. Um, I just think that the way he chose to say it was maybe not taken the way that, that he thought it would be taken. I just, my, my long-winded point is one of the things pre-draft that was said about Kadarius Tony is that that there were some maturity issues that he did have some growing up to do and and I think we've seen we've seen that in addition to all of the all of the the on the field skills as well. Oh yeah, I mean what is he 20, 21, something 20, like that? 22 I think. He's 22. But still. He's still young. He's young. That said, you know, I'm going to quote a great line that, that an English teacher once told me about commas, when to use commas, when in doubt, leave it out. I don't know if you ever heard that when you were in school, mm -hmm. but this kind of applies uh, yeah. to social media. And, and um, look, I mean, the average person can, can hide behind a screen name and they can voice their opinions, no matter how controversial they might be. The more well-known you become, the more careful you have to be. All right. So like you and I, for example, we have to be careful to a degree about what we put out there, but we're not quite in the same spotlight as a Canarius Tony. That said, I, I believe you, I, I'm with you when I, when you say that he didn't, he, he, his intentions were pure. He wasn't trying to, you know, excuse Henry Ruggs. I don't think, I, I think he was legitimately trying to say, look, this is just a tragic situation all around, which it is. That said, 
sometimes you've got to learn when to keep your opinion to yourself. You know, look, I have opinions about all kinds of things. And if I put them out there, I probably would get myself in all kinds of trouble, as I'm sure anybody <laughs> else would. So sometimes it's just best to think what you want to think and just keep it quiet. You know, if you if you really got to put it down someplace, write it in a journal where nobody's going to see it. And that way, you know, it's... you can keep your thoughts to yourself, but still get them out there. So, so yeah, I mean, look, Kadarius Tony's he's, he's like everybody else. We all have opinions about stuff. We're all not going to agree with each other. That's part of the, the beauty of social media. Um, but you've got to learn, you know, there are certain things where you just got to say, okay, you know what, maybe it's not a good idea that I put this out there. And I don't think he's at that point yet because, you know, look, he's coming off of a lifestyle where he probably could get away with that, you know, and, and not have any kind of repercussions and not be questioned about what he said or what he did. I mean, that's not going to fly here. And um, I don't know what kind of social media training the Giants provide for these players. I hope they provide something because it can be very tricky to navigate social media. Absolutely, Patty. Absolutely. And let's, let's hope that, uh, that, you know, Kadarius learns that, that, as you said, maybe the best thing to do is to keep it to himself sometimes because so much of, so, so much of what you say, whether it's on a podcast or on Twitter or on Instagram or whether you and I write it somewhere, so much of, of what you, what you say is taken the way that people want to take it. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you look, you don't have in social media, you don't have the benefit of hearing somebody's tone or watching somebody's body language when they say it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can make a big difference. So I I don't know. I've always tried to be on the conservative side with certain things, Um, not necessarily stick to football type of deal, but I've tried to, you know, I'm not using myself as an example, but there are certain things I won't touch, certain topics that I feel strong about that I will not touch because A, I don't think anybody gives a a darn what what I think about certain topics and B, why open that can of worms? I mean, I'm here to give you guys football information to give you my opinions about the giants football and stuff. Now, will I throw in an occasional, you know, non-football related tweet? Absolutely. I'm human. All right. I have other interests, but you know, that's about as far as I think I would take that. Agreed, Patty. Hey, let's wrap up with this. Let's wrap up with this one little bonus question for you. We're on a bye week Giants have eight games left three and six heading into, uh, you know, heading into their bye week, which amazingly is the most wins they've had after nine games since 2016, you know, not, not a good thing, but I suppose if somebody wants to say, Hey, they're making progress, you know, they, they, they can point to that, which I mean, I'm being facetious there, but uh, you know, but obviously not good just what are your what are your expectations what do you want to see you know from the giants over the final eight games what is it that you really want to learn i want to see progress linear progress i don't want to see two steps forward three steps back that's what i think we have seen so far you know we saw them get out of the gate slow and then against the saints they played well and we thought oh wow they're on their way and then they took two steps back 
against Dallas and, and the Rams. And then they took a step forward against Carolina, and then a step back against Kansas City, and then a step forward against the Raiders. So it's been like a yo-yo. I want to see forward progress, not this, you know, one week they look great. And then the next week they look like garbage. That to me is going to, you know, tell where this, this team is headed because right now I'm not really sure who this team is, what they have to offer. And if they're even a playoff contender or potential playoff contender, I have questions oh, about all that. Probably not, but, but you're uh, using the P word, Patty. I you're did, using the I P did. word. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually, I actually wrote about that this week and, and amazingly because the, the NFC is, is, is a, I referred to it as a muddled, mediocre mess. There's yeah. there's still an outside possibility of the playoffs, but I'm with you. I think I want to see it's. I want to see progress, just in terms of. Let's not make so many in-game errors. Let's not have so much disorganization that we're forced to use timeouts when we don't want to use timeouts. Let's let's have guys understand situations and and not jump offside, you know, and, and negate big plays or or jump offside when when they're really not going to get an advantage out of out of trying to get a quick start. Um, you know, I don't record wise, I don't know, four and four, five and three. I don't know, but I think I'm with you. I want to feel like, like we're seeing a consistently, at least a consistently competitive product in a team that I'd like to feel like if they're going to lose games, they lose games instead of, I feel like, I feel like so many times you walk away from giants games going they weren't beaten they lost they beat themselves and i i think i i think that that in itself would be progress yeah absolutely stop with the self-inflicted wounds that's that's what i'm talking about um you know i'd like to think that they're going to be playing their best football still to come but this starting and stopping it's just maddening. You know, you, you start to feel good about them and then they come, they come back and they come, they bring you crashing back down to earth and it's been frustrating. And I think that's, that's what's most frustrating to me about this whole season is that, you know, I, I see them beat a saints team, which is pretty good. And I say, wow, you know, they've arrived. I see them almost beat a Kansas city team. And I go, man, what happened there? Carolina, you know, a team that was, was, you know, on par with them. They played, they played at that level. Okay, great. That was a good win. You know, beating the Raiders, that was a good win. But then I look back to the, you know, how they lost to the Falcons and and the Washington football team. And I say, my goodness, what, what, what gives self-inflicted? So I'm with you on that. Well, the last thing I'll say, Patty, is that they're three and six, but can you imagine how different the narrative about everything would be if, you know, forget the Kansas city game, the Kansas city game would have been nice and they could have won that game. But if they won the two games, they should have won against Washington and Atlanta. How different would the narrative be about the New York giants at this point in time? Oh, shoot. We'd be talking about something a whole lot different. 
I mean, there would be a lot more buzz, a lot more excitement. I mean, it would be so different, but yeah, I mean, look, there were mistakes made along the way. I think we can all agree on that. I'm sure Joe judge when he does the self scouting this week is going to, you know, look back and say, okay, these are things I'm going to have to change moving forward, whether it be this year or next year. And, you know, not to, not to get philosophical on you, but we go through life and we all make mistakes. You know, there are all things that we've done that we say, gee, I wish I had done this a little bit differently or a whole lot differently or not at all. And I think that's applies here with Joe judge. He's still a young head coach. He's still learning. I think he's intelligent enough and, you know, to, to get it. Um, I think he has a, enough guidance around him, a good support system around him. I think he'll get there. The question is, is how quickly will he get there and will people be patient with him? That's the question. That is very true, Patty. Patience is not something that is in, uh, that is in large supply with, with Giants fans these days. And it's hard to blame them for that. Exactly. But, uh, but with that said, Patty, I think, uh, I think, we're going to call it a show here today. Thank you very, very much, as always, for, for hopping on. And why don't you uh, tell folks uh, what, what you've got going on, where they can find your work, you know, wh- when, of course, they get tired of mine, which I don't know why they would ever get tired of mine. But, you know, but when they're looking for something else, obviously, Patty's, Patty's work's a good place to go. So tell folks what you got going on. So, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously I'm hosting the Lachlan Giants podcast. So you guys can check out the episode I did with Ed and over on Giants Country. I'm working on a series. I actually posted um, part one of the series as of this recording. Basically, I'm looking back at the history of the mistakes made by the Giants front office. You know, there's a lot of similarities between what Jerry Reese might have missed out on and what Dave Gettleman has missed out on. So I've got a three-part series I've been writing and working on. We did the offensive line. Um, The salary cap is up next. That should be out probably by the time this podcast is out, if not shortly thereafter. And then I've got one more part that I'm working on and uh, hope you'll check that out as well as the other content we have over on Giants Country, which is part of the Fan Nation group of Sports Illustrated. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Remember to uh, take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.